If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You better not have no plans tonight. Movie time and it's feeling right. You're looking for a love that lasts. You'll find, find it at Romance in the Podcast. I know. Ooh, ooh, baby, you're the wind beneath my wings. Ooh, ah, I'll have what she's having. This movie felt as long as Gettysburg. The battle? The documentary? The movie. It's a two-part movie starring Jeff Bridge. Not No, who's the guy from um, Newsroom? Daniels. Jeff Daniels, two parts, full movies. They're like two and a half hours each. I love that your first go-to movie that's in two parts is not Titanic. Or even Fiddler on the Roof. Of course it's not Fiddler on the Roof. It would never be a musical for Mikey. Yeah, I'm talking about like the 19, early 90s hit, Gettysburg. Jeff Daniels as a Union soldier. Is he like the common soldier? Is he like a sergeant? Is he like uh, the general? I think he's like decently high up. And then uh, the guy who plays the president in... Lincoln was the president. No, 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 no. <laughs> the guy who plays the president in uh, the West Wing. Martin Sheen? Martin Sheen. He plays Robert E. Lee in that film. Why are we talking about Gettysburg? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't want Mikey to stop, honestly. Because it's a full day experience, which is what this feels like, because I fucking hated this movie so much. Oh, I was really... Oh, shit. We got to start the podcast I page. felt like I entered... Yeah. The fucking time warp. Let her start the, the podcast. Show. This is what I want the intro to be. <laughs> we don't do an intro for RTP. Yeah. We do now. No. This movie felt like I was in interstellar trapped behind the clock watching the world grow old. Welcome back to this segment of Mikey Explains Gettysburg. That's going to be our shtick every day or every podcast. You describe another five minute segment of Gettysburg. Of movies that no one who listens to our podcast is old enough to have seen. <laughs> I saw it as a child. That's nice. You, you realize you're older than a lot of our listeners, right? Hello, ladies. No. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And today I tortured Mikey and Paige with the, the sweetest, sweetest thing. thing. So was this the first time either of you had seen this movie? I think I did see it once. Oh, yeah. I blocked it out. And then when I watched it, the trauma research. <laughs> <laughs> the part where the swan leftovers hit the car. 
I flashed back back to like early 2000s and I was like, oh God, I've seen this movie and I still hate it. That was the only part I remembered from this movie. So I had a similar experience to you, Mikey. Paige already has a frown on your face. What did you think about this movie? I actually, uh, I haven't seen this movie. Is something that I used to be able to say, Todd. <laughs> Listen, I knew going in, we would all hate this movie. It is a very bad, bad movie. It's a movie that I think is for no one, but somehow they thought it was for everyone. <laughs> you cannot convince me that this is not a porno that they have just cut the sex out of because that's what the dialogue of this movie is and i was absolutely bowled over stunned to, to find, find out, out that a woman wrote this yes yes oh my Paige. god Tom. wait what yes is, what? That, is that true a woman wrote this movie because when i when i was watching it i was like for sure some dude who had only heard about yes. what a vagina is wrote this movie in his mother's basement is this one of those things where you look back 20 years and people were like this was feminism and like back in the day absolutely no there's not. no way even in ought to that this was a feminist movie you ought to not watch this <laughs> i agree completely mikey because honestly it, it this movie feels like somebody writing about what their fantasy of a kind of freewheeling woman would be. Yeah. But not the reality of a person that you actually would know. They don't seem like real people. It is this bizarre, explicit, but also not explicit cartoon uh, <laughs> that we're just kind of like dragged through. I'm pretty sure, and, and I did find in Fun Facts a little bit about the the woman who wrote the the movie and that is that this movie wasn't really supposed to be about the romance or anything at all this movie is a hundred percent about quote unquote their friendship and we are supposed to believe that they have this amazing covetable friendship oh okay but they're horrible people yeah <laughs> like, i don't care about either of them i hate them I both I have, and, and I know I am in the minority on this one, and I understand, I never really got into Sex in the City because I could not really empathize or put myself in the shoes of any of those women. Yeah, I've never lived in New York either, so, like, it just doesn't work for me, like... It may as well take place in space, right, Mikey? No, it's, it's not that so much as I... Not only do I feel like I don't know those women... I also don't want to be those women. Sure. And, and so for me, I just don't connect with it. Good for you, Paige. I find a lot of people who like overly connect with Sex in the City. I overly connect with other things. For me, it's Party Down. But for some people, it's Sex in the City. But it's for similar, like when I watch <laughs> Sex in the City. They all just mean everyone should have a therapist. <laughs> I don't want to watch true. my unhealthiest version of me <laughs> on a TV show. Yeah, I have a podcast for that. Yeah, it's it's Lizzie <laughs> Kaplan and Party Down, and that's why I have podcasts. It's we don't need to think about it. Uh, but I felt kind of the same way about these women, where I was like, I don't even want to hang out with them. Like, not only can I not really, really see myself in any of these characters or empathize with any of them, 
I don't even want to be in the same area as whatever is going down with them is going down. Like, if I saw them coming, I'd be like, let's go hide in that glory hole bathroom. This is going to be a lot. Like, <laughs> Hey, Mikey, stick your dick in her eye. No. <laughs> and I have some wild, like, hot mess girlfriends that, like, get into mischief. But I even us, even my wildest girlfriends would be like, no, them's trouble. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, they are the people that if you see them interacting with each other, like at a restaurant, you're like, oh, thank God. I don't know either of those people. Yes! <laughs> this movie and these characters may be the most vapid characters I've ever yes! seen on film yeah. in a movie that we watched for this podcast. And that's saying a lot. <laughs> The, the closest I come for having any affection for any of them is Christina Applegate, and she is objectively a bad person in this movie. <laughs> I've never laid down on a lonely night, and, like, this was my fantasy. You know, like, this yeah. is, like, the worst. You've never dreamed about driving three hours to break up someone's wedding whose wedding you thought it was their brother's? Well, I mean, that was a mistake. She didn't go in there saying she was going to break up a wedding. <laughs> Mikey, but... I knew you'd love this movie. I knew you'd defend it. No. God. <laughs> and, like, just take your stupid fucking hats off and you would look fine. Like, you... So the things that I love about this movie are nothing that's on the screen. Like, there's nothing about the movie <laughs> that I like. But I do like that the writing is in such a way that it's so bad, but it also feels like we're fucking nailing it. This is hilarious. This oh, is the best shit ever. Yes. And that to me is hilarious. I'm going to tell you how many times I laughed during this movie. Fucking zero. I laughed zero <laughs> times on my couch. I watched it like I was being tortured. And can I tell you, so yesterday I did something I haven't done in a while. Uh, and I watched a bunch of stuff that I didn't have to take notes on, which is I don't usually have time, but Same. yesterday I had some time nice. and I watched Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar and I cannot tell you how much exponentially more I laughed at that alone in my house, scream laughing on the couch. And then the inverse is how much I laughed at this movie. But you're absolutely right. They think they are nailing it at every turn. Yeah. They think that they're like, no one would think about writing a song about how big dicks are. Yes. <laughs> I yes, did. I wrote bitch. that song in sixth grade. <laughs> and I left it behind. Just like all the other stupid shit I did in sixth grade. I, I hate this movie in a way that I can't describe. <laughs> I'm surprised that this movie is streaming anywhere. Like, if I was anyone who yes. bought in this movie, I would, like, try to make sure no one could find it. Also, I have a baseline dislike for Cameron Diaz already before really? this movie. I just don't like her. She blonde and she got teeth. What? Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know. Something about her, I'm just like, mm-mm. I don't think she's a great actress. I'm not super into blondes, but, like, I felt like she was your type. Yeah. No. That I mean, surprises me. This just surprised me as well. Not everybody who checks off the checks is my type, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's fair. Yeah, it's a type. It's not a exact, you know? So I feel like the reason that the people that were in this movie aren't trying to actively hide this movie with, like, NDAs and all the money in the world yeah. uh, is because they had a blast making it. Like, they had fun. I, and I don't understand how it's that disconnect of, like, when people have so much fun making a movie or doing something they overlook how bad it is because they had a good time but sure. like it's a movie though no i get it it's like when i'm at work having
having a great time, but I didn't do any of the things I'm supposed to do at work, and then <laughs> I get fired. <laughs> but like, I had so much fun, but I missed the deadline. Yeah. yeah, man, I felt bad for everyone in this movie while they were on screen because like everyone in this movie is pretty famous. They made Thomas Jane get blonde highlights. Oh my god, <laughs> he should never be a blonde. Never be a blonde because <laughs> Thomas Jane is an objectively attractive man. Yes, he is half agreed. of the vegan police. Like, how'd you do this to him? He's Punisher. He's Frank he's Castle. He's Punisher. Yeah. And they're making him a blonde real estate agent. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Like that's their man fantasy was was this? But it's also not. Like I can't figure out what their man fantasy is aside from a person that they don't have to express real feelings to. <laughs> like, I get it. I was twenty years old once. <laughs> yeah, but these women are like twenty eight at a minimum. We know that she's twenty eight. Cameron Diaz is 28. I would assume the other girls are the same. I assumed he was 30. Like 30, 31 with blonde highlights. Real talk, those blonde highlights made him look 41. And like, <laughs> not in a good old, way. Yeah. He looks older in this movie than he does today. Yes. yes. Between the blonde hair and the fucking khakis that they made the <laughs> fucking Punisher wear. <laughs> in all fairness, this is before he was Punisher. The movie Punisher came out the year after this. So the people who made Punisher were like, get me the first male lead from the sweetest thing. He has got to be mad he made that movie, and we can use that rage <laughs> to make him a good Frank Castle. <laughs> I'm mad at you, Todd, for making us watch this. Like, don't act like I'm not mad at you. I'm just going to talk about Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar for the rest of this episode. <laughs> I watched three episodes of Midnight Mass, which is a horror show that just premiered on Netflix, and I laughed eight times more watching that <laughs> than I did this. I watched all of Bridgerton for the first time yesterday. Fuck. Jesus, I wish I had that much time. And I realize that's super rare for you, Paige. And I'm so happy you got that time. When I get that time, like, I just, I do the exact same thing. Like, if I yeah. ever have a free day, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go deep on sports night <laughs> or some random TV show. The Duke went deep. Yeah, he did. Uh, well, uh, for a second, and then he pulls out and wrecked those sheets. I have to rip <laughs> off the bandaid now because I also binged Bridgerton in like maybe two days. Same. He didn't. He was like, I'm out of the show. I don't do season two. He's not very much in the books either, so it wasn't his decision. They didn't invite him back for the second season. Invite his ass back. He is the most interesting character they have. Well, he's not in the series anymore. Like, he's not even in the books anymore. Yeah, because like, apparently the next season is going to follow I think Eloise yeah honestly I would watch a spinoff show called the Duke and his sheets <laughs> it's, yeah it's just the Duke and Daphne <laughs> fucking for 20 minutes you down yes I'm down I can respect a man who has such dad issues that on his father's death that he's like I will never procreate just to spite you and you will be dead I mean but here's the deal Tell him that and then fully just live your own fucking life. Like, who cares? <laughs> He's dead. He's never going to know. Yeah. Your revenge is complete. I think we were all there. To, I mean, we're like, oh, that's a little excessive. I thought you were defending him, Mikey. <laughs> no, no, I was just like, clearly they get over it. But we should talk about this later when we order Uber Eats or whatever. Do they get over it? Or are these just like, Paige, did he get over it or does it just feel good to nut inside somebody? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Low column A, a lot of column B. We got to get into this movie, okay? Like, we got to talk about the sweetest thing for the next, I'm going to say conservatively 45 minutes because- I will give you nothing happens <laughs> yeah well mikey that might be too much because nothing happens in this movie 
The only thing I want to talk about is the elaborate, awesome artwork at the glory hole. And that's it. <laughs> the craziest colored dick I'd ever seen. Oh, you mean that's clearly not a dick? It looked like an eggplant they carved to look like a dick. Kind of. <laughs> to me, it looked like they fashioned the end of a boom mic into a dick. Like it looked porous at the end. And I was like, I don't like this at all. Oh, no, because that's part of our phobia. <laughs> It is part of our hope, yeah. Please, we've got to get into it so we can get over it. Anyway, we open on <laughs> video interviews for people to tell the camera about Christina Walters. This is never explained, by the way. We don't know why oh. they're interviewing these people. Paige, I think it is explained. They do it again at the end, but I'm like, yeah. why? What is this? It's her wedding video. No, they're, they're already, already married. married. I think it's honestly just Selma Blair's character. like Making a weird documentary yeah. about her, yes. her very, very uncomfortable comfortably close friend yeah okay i think selma blair is incredibly jealous of cameron diaz and christina applegate's friendship and so her form of getting inside that is like telling them she's going to produce a documentary about the both of them i mean that makes about as much sense as anything else in this movie <laughs> we see her behind the camera at the end of the movie though which leads me to believe that she's the one that set all this up plot point I think she's just coming from that direction because at the end of this movie, that camera's on a fucking tripod and yeah. they just come in from all angles like it's the friend's couch. And I'm like, this was not a good cutaway. No, it wasn't. And there are too many people on that two person love seat. Also, this entire movie looks like it was filmed on that damn camcorder. This is shot so badly. The quality of the film stock <laughs> is so bad. I know. It looks like trash. It looks worse than TV looked at the time. Time, which is yeah. hard to do. Honestly, I'm very impressed with the lack of effort they put in on every level in this movie. Oh my God. They were like, who cares? Cameron Diaz and Christina Applegate are in it. It'll pack the house. Spoiler alert, it sort of didn't. Wow, I'm surprised. I believe at the time, they were trying to make a female version of American Pie or whatever. Oof, you might be right. Timeline-wise, that works out. I think I remember watching Entertainment Tonight with my mom <laughs> and they talked about it but here's the thing about american pie a it's teenage boys yeah like if there is a group of people that is going to talk about penises as much as the people in this movie do it's teenage boys it's not 28 year old women i've been a 28 year old woman and a foul-mouthed one at that <laughs> and like no we just didn't talk about it that much did you know what a glory hole was Absolutely. I'm with you, Paige. I'm at the age now. I just take my pants off and I'm just like, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know what that means, Mikey, but I'm terrified for take you. Take it or leave it, girl. I mean, we're here. Well, and I'll get to it a little bit more later. But like at a certain point, you stop talking, at least for me, I can't speak for everyone. I definitely stopped talking about other people's genitals with my friends because at the end of the day they might marry those genitals and then you're just stuck knowing them as a friend and knowing details <laughs> about their genitals and it's just an uncomfortable scenario i agree with you Paige, but i really do think that this movie was targeted for teenage boys like what if teenage boys could go see women talk about dicks and a glory hole and shit like that do they even want that do they no. even want no, that no Paige, they don't if you want to see a fantastic movie about older women talking about dicks watch the movie book club from a few years ago and it is like 
an elderly woman's Fifty Shades. It's pretty fucking fun, and it's hilarious. I'm going to do it as a pick this this fall, not this week. Okay. So we get like a montage of men talking about their experience with Christina Walters. Yeah. And it's like, none of them are good. No, they're all bad. And it's stuff like she said she was going to call and she didn't. She gave her number to some guy, but it turns out to be the movie phone number, which is a very hilariously old joke because at the time you still had to call movie phone. And it was AOL movie phone. It was like that 10 minutes that AOL bought a bunch of shit before it went down the crapper. Yup. There's a guy who says that he's been impotent for a long time after. There's the guy who thought she was going to call and she didn't. And he gets a nosebleed. Uh, There's the dude that crashes his bike because of head spinning and nausea. Yeah. Uh, And then with no further explanation, we just get into the title cards and the credits, which, by the way, every movie in the early 2000s had the same exact logo and font. And this yes. movie is no different. The same as She's All That, everything. Yes, yeah. yes with yeah. the squares. But this movie, its hypothesis is Cameron Diaz is like the perfect woman, but she just doesn't want to commit. I think that's what it's trying to say, but then they never get back to that. Yeah, but the reality is these men should be either angry or happy that they dodged a huge fucking bullet. Yes, Mikey, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like if a girl gave me the wrong phone number, which I don't think has happened to me in my life, not that I can remember, but I, uh, I would just be hurt and like mad. I wouldn't be like nose bleeding and like running my b- exercise bike. I would just be like, oh, that one girl that I met one night and like she gave me the wrong number, like, you know, whatever. But Mikey, that's essentially what happens to Cameron Diaz where she and Thomas Jane meet for like two minutes and then the rest of the movie is like a journey for her to find his dick and it's like (laughs) she even looks at a glory hole mikey yeah and she's like it's not in there i checked (laughs) well let me tell you if two minutes of witty banter got you laid every time i would have like a billion babies and it it just doesn't work like that or it does Paige is married so like Get better at your banter. Oh, shit. <laughs> I can be very charming when I want to be, and Mikey is doubly so. Like, I have seen Mikey work at parties, <laughs> and there's no way. I, I can I can be charming. Oh, yeah, Mikey, I'm saying that you are very charming. You're just not Jake's shoulders charming. No, I, no, no, What no, no, I no. need is blonde highlights. <laughs> no, Mikey. If this movie is, if this movie proved anything, it's that no one should ever get blonde highlights ever again. Oh. Least of all, poor baby Thomas Jane. Mikey, I'll do it for a live show if you do. No. Oh. <laughs> Don't they have like washout stuff that you can like just do it really quick and wash it out? Well, they have like the spray can blonde stuff. But anytime you're going lighter than your natural color, you usually have to like use bleach and shit. If I'm going, I'm going platinum. Oh, God. There's a few of those in the background of the club. Honestly, I'm currently going gray. So like if we give it enough time, I'll go platinum too. <laughs> I got I got a new hairstylist and I went in for a consultation. Then I'll go in and get like the actual cut and it's somebody that i knew and i thought was like 10 years younger than me and she's just like i mean i'm 33 too and that's why you're going gray in all the same places and i was like another vampire (laughs) so i'm gonna trust my hair to her yeah you should she's been doing it for at least 200 200 years years. (laughs) (laughs) she just slowly rises up out of the coffin and is like so highlight she did Jeff Daniels' <laughs> hair at Gettysburg. <laughs> You're going to make me leave in that Gettysburg shit now. I hate you so no, much. No, no, so Todd, Todd, no. <laughs> I'm going to make a series of Gettysburg events. Yeah. Four score. 
And about half an hour ago, we tried to start a podcast about one of the worst movies ever made. And Mikey opened it by telling a story about a movie that even I am too young to have seen. <laughs> it's a classic. You should take it out if you really like historical Civil War cinema. I don't. I'm more of a World War II person. I'm going to ask the Ouija board about it. Yeah. Everyone should see it to be reminded that the South lost. Let it go. Get the fuck over it. And I say this as a Southern gentleman myself. I wouldn't say you're a gentleman. <laughs> but I am a man from the South. Mikey, you and I were born in the South, raised in the South. I was. I still live here. I know. Same. We need to get over it, man. I'm over it. Let's get really deep into Confederate like misguidedness right now on this podcast because that's what people want to hear. <laughs> My dearest Abigail, as I sat there on the podcast, they kept referencing a movie that even I was too young to have seen. I do fear that someday they'll notice the confusion crossing my countenance and redirect their attentions. Paige, we've been rationed six saltines for this battle on this podcast. <laughs> what is a slider? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slider. I'd, I'd like to sliders back in time and ruin this movie and stop it from being made and then steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> and give it to the Confederacy. The Declaration of Independence? The document that says all men are created equal? Yeah, that's going to go over well in the Confederacy. They clearly didn't understand it. Even though it was written by white landowners and that's clearly who they right. meant. From my understanding of history, there's a lot of asterisks at the Constitution and Declaration of Independence yeah, yeah, yeah. that didn't get cleared up till way later. Yeah, they're like, all men except for the the woe men and any man that's not our color definitely created evil. I mean we could get into this if we want but I mean there were some abolitionists who signed the Declaration of Independence I'd like to be an abolitionist against this film <laughs> we, what, what are we, are we talking, talking about, about? We, <laughs> <laughs> I love I love I love the movies where we will talk about anything to not talk about them. Okay, are we still in the club or whatever? Well, I don't think we haven't even gotten, gotten to, the club. to the club, Mikey. Uh. You keep fucking talking about the Civil War. We can't even get to a frame where Cameron Diaz is doing mm. her bad dancing that infected every movie of this period. I do declare that we open the scene in the club. <laughs> no, because we have to establish who the fuck is in this movie. I we haven't even know. done that yet. So we come back from the damn credits and Cameron. <laughs> Is, is dancing down the street now this is this is like charlie's angels era cameron diaz where for some reason people wanted to make cameron diaz dance in every single movie she was in and this woman cannot dance they did not bother to ask her hey cameron diaz can you dance i think she just likes dancing and she's just in it for the love of the game and i respect the hell out of that but we don't need it in our movies Paige, that is exactly me todd can't dance you probably won't see todd dance but if you do you will agree with todd todd can't dance yeah but I enjoy it. It's fun. I'm all shoulders, Paige. I dance like someone who is sitting down, but I'm standing up. <laughs> See? <laughs> Amazing. Cameron Diaz is all knees and butt to none of the tunes playing ever. Well, okay, but that's done because they want to be able to capture sound when they're on the, the dance floor. So there actually is no music playing. So everyone looks like they're out of time when they're dancing in movies. That's a common problem. I mean, it's not, though. You've seen musicals. Well, I mean, but those people are actually singing to a beat, right? So it's easier to sync that because there is a beat in the song they're singing. 
I forgot that there's musical numbers in this movie. Fuck. Yeah, there is. But also, play any song on an eight count, and she'll be on beat. But then she'd have to know tempo, and I'm sure she doesn't know how to stay on beat. She's a white lady, Paige. (laughs) So am I, but I know an eight count anyway. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I know when I go to a club, there's plenty of people who don't know how to dance. (laughs) Mikey, at your age, don't go to clubs. Don't go to clubs. Uh, 100%. The only clubs I go to are the box of club crackers. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to say the only club I go to is the Ritz crackers. Uh, That'd be good, too. Yeah. But I have (laughs) off-brand. Club's great, man. They're buttery as fuck. I love them. Hey, the only clubbing I do is whoever made this movie. I want to club to death. (laughs) So she answers her phone as she's dancing. Mind you, up Kearney Street. Kearney Street. Kearney? Hold on. Yeah, it's in San Francisco, which I know you know well, Paige. I I do. Because you lived very close to there. I did, and they used the actual address of that building. Oh, really? Yes. So the building where they shot this movie is in the movie. So I was able to find, like, literal actual prices for things. Oh, that's awesome. But also, it's on this crazy hill that when I was at Academy of Art while I was in high school, one of the campuses was, like, up one of those hills. And I'd get, like, half way up it and be just like fuck this city man <laughs> like i'm moving to los angeles the flat paradise <laughs> like <laughs> i do love san francisco but it is sort of like this in parts like it's very hilly yeah 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 i went to the jp morgan chase conference in 2019 and i stayed at the pacific union club and had to walk down to where the conference was and it was like easy going to the conference going back yeah. to the hotel was so hard <laughs> yeah because it was like straight uphill well and we don't see it here we see it in a couple scenes when they all go out to lunch in chinatown but there <laughs> there's a scene where christina applegate just like shows up on a cable car and i was like those only go through one part of town <laughs> like that's not <laughs> it's not like a bus anyway she's walking up the street dancing up the street answers her phone it's christina applegate and this is where we find out that we get like one line about what Cameron Diaz does for a living. She's a marketing director. Yeah. That's oh. all we all we find out. She never goes to work. She seems to possess no marketable skills. Well, we find out the same thing about Christina Applegate. Like she's a she's lawyer. a divorce lawyer. Yeah. But like they never do those jobs ever. Although you could tell me this movie takes place over 48 hours and I'd believe you. Like this could take place over a weekend. I think it does, Todd. So like we, <laughs> we, we pick up with them Friday afternoon and then leave them. Them, like Sunday night. Now, granted, way too much stuff happens oh, in that time frame. Sure, it's a three-day weekend. Yeah, like Memorial th- this would Day have to be called it. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah, or like they start, or they took a Friday off and they like started Thursday partying, and then we meet them back Sunday night. You know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, they meet at the top of the hill and they walk into the apartment. Now, it was very unclear to me whether they shared this apartment or not. Oh, they live together. Yes, they definitely do. And Selma Blair sort of moves in with them. Oh, really? When she breaks up with her boyfriend. They don't, though, because Christina Applegate more than once goes to that apartment. 
like shows up there and is like, come on, get ready. It's time to go where she has been somewhere else where her clothes live. Oh, yeah. Yes. And Selma Blair is showing up there, but doesn't live there, question mark, but has a key. Yeah, because exactly. she's there when they're not home. <laughs> Do you guys not just give keys to all your friends? No, no, my very few friends have keys. We don't ever give our keys to anybody who is definitely going to not last. I mean, here's the thing. In college, I lived like this. That was cold. <laughs> you got that key back, right? Yeah, that was the first thing I asked for. I was like, give me my key. Oof. Anyway, I would say in, in college or around that time, early 20s, I was way more likely to have friends who just had access to our apartment. Yeah, when I lived with like four other guys in college, people were in and out all the time. Well, yeah, because... Yeah. Four guys already live there, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. it's going to be a shit show whether people come over or not. But these but are... These are adults. These yeah. are adults. <laughs> yeah, they're almost 30. They're almost 30. I'm. You cannot tell me Christina Applegate isn't, like, 32 because she's an established divorce lawyer. But, like, they are portrayed on one hand as being successful mature career women who have career ass jobs you say mature but i don't think you mean it in the sense of like they're mature you just mean older yes no yeah. i think she's right the, the movie again sets out like these are these are strong independent career women who are hilarious well it <laughs> It, it tries to play both sides of the coin because it wants yes. them to be adults who are established and have the freedoms of established adults. But then the party and dating habits of like 22 year olds. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Oh, you mean people I date. <laughs> That's your own damn fault. Mikey, I will admit that since you've been re-single, some of the best parts of my day are when you send us screenshots from Bumble and Tinder. Like, oh. I love those moments so much i have the best opening lines and people are just not <laughs> funny at all <laughs> did she ever respond to your um when you responded to her i love magicians for some reason with your <laughs> with your comment of well i can make a pizza disappear did she ever respond to that a hundred percent no oh that's unfortunate and then i did another one where this girl was like tell me what album makes you cry and then i said my photo album which was <laughs> <laughs> the hits keep coming <laughs> Coming. <laughs> she also did not respond and i was like these people have no class <laughs> you don't deserve happiness if you can't laugh at that if you can't handle me at my snarkiest <laughs> yeah you don't deserve me at my markiest <laughs> what does that mean i don't know but back in the day this is years ago at this point when armando was last on like tinder or whatever he would put something in his profile about like killing time like i just like killing time and girls would be like killing time what are you up to and he's like searching for time time killed my family i'm gonna hunt him down through the universe and it, it literally it never once got a girl to be like hilarious let's do this but it definitely got he and i to laugh every time he sent it so i That's love the it thing. it's like i'd rather just go for the joke which i guess is the problem <laughs> i mean it is until you find the person that's like that's hilarious i hope so Anyway, yeah, I wasn't quite in the mood to watch a romantic comedy today. This is not a romantic comedy, Mikey. <laughs> no, this movie is a. This is an abomination. Just 
visual torture. It's like what they show uh, in Clockwork Orange when they pull his eyes open. open. (laughs) This is the intimidation crab's punishment for not finishing your crab rangoons. So, okay, I've, I've seen this listed in many places, but it's considered a romance comedy and or romance road trip there is a road trip in this film it's only 20 minutes of road trip it's only a 30 minute movie mikey (laughs) i mean yeah that's true it's a 30 minute movie if you take out all the montages um i don't think of this as a road trip movie the way i think of like crossroads or magic mike xxl but you know i guess they drive three hours away and that i guess constitutes a road trip anyway they get back to the apartment and the door is ajar because Jane is eating all of their ice cream and crying. And they're like, why'd we give her a key? Yeah, Mikey. And they tell her it's her fault for making herself too available. And I'm like, I hate this already. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, because she tried to commit to someone. I love that their instincts when their friend's boyfriend of almost a year breaks up with her is to be like, well, clearly it's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was bonkers. What'd you do, Selma Blair? What'd you do? And there are things that happen at the end of this movie that make me believe that she knows how to keep a man happy. Selma Blair has no gag reflex. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, Paige. Yes. They blame her for it and tell her to stop reading this like dating tip book or whatever. And then they proceed to give her the worst, worst, worst advice I've ever heard. (laughs) Where they're basically just like, hit it and quit it, baby. And then eventually you may not want to quit it so fast. And I'm just like, what are you saying? What what they're saying is 100% have sex with everyone until you find someone and settle. Like, that is yes. exactly what that is. Till you oh get tired gosh. of having sex with everyone and then settle. A.K.A. Mikey's game plan. <sighs> I don't like where this is going. Although Mikey's game plan is have sex with everyone until one of them gets pregnant and then... Steal the baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Call Child Protective Services for some reason, get that person thrown in jail, and then baby. Oh, my God. That's, that's a horrible an plan. plan. Can you go over it again? No, you came up with that plan. <laughs> that is 100% your plan. That's not on the podcast. That's not canon. It is on the podcast two episodes ago. You should really fucking listen to the podcast. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, she basically tells her, treat every dude like he's Mr. Right now. I demand a recount. <laughs> what are you, Arizona? Tough tits, Arizona. <laughs> anyway, they said that they're going to go out for the night and tell her to basically treat every relationship as if it is transient and then hope that one of those people will want to stick around, which is a horrible play. Yeah. Yeah, that's not healthy. No, it's not, Mikey. There's a big vulnerability problem with all of these people. Huge, huge. I would say that if you're not interested in any sort of long-term relationship, go ahead, but make that your stated objective when you are entering into those interactions. If you are eventually interested in a long-term relationship and you start out by telling somebody nah we just gonna dip hips and i'm out then you can't expect success for the long-term relationship part of that because you sold a different bill of goods to somebody you didn't you were not honest and vulnerable with them Mm -hmm. anyway they go out to the club and the bouncer knows them and lets them all in i love the line is like hey and he's like shut up like he's like (laughs) (laughs) like verbally assaults the line and i don't know but that's the only time in this movie i laughed yeah that was the only time i laughed as well and then after that it was a sea of belly chain low-rise halters like everyone was wearing the same outfit yeah and it's bonkers fashion baby yes so as she and christine 
Christina Applegate, aka Courtney is her name, uh, are dancing on the dance floor. Dudes keep trying to come up and dance with them as if it's the middle of a dance circle at a wedding and they are 60 year old men where they're just like yeah we're doing the monkey we're doing the circle we're doing and you're just like what is happening they dance like kung fu people because they call out their their moves every time <laughs> like the babe ruth of invasive dancers just like pointing out to the stands and then just grinding on a hoe yeah this is the tiger's ball 60 percent of the time it, it works, works every all time. The time so they decide to leave the dance floor as they do their weird karate chop it up dance on their way out i think that was to cut through the crowd got it yeah i mean either way it's dumb yeah uh they tackle selma blair onto a waterbed because this was a time in which some clubs had beds and waterbeds around wait really yes there's a sex in the city episode about a club that has just beds that was like an actual famous club in new york city that had beds and you would have like cocktails in bed it was like this whole thing okay and it was kind of a weird fad for a moment but it was right around the same time that's i wouldn't wild. have cocktails in my own bed i spill a lot <laughs> <laughs> and Mikey, I don't believe that your bed is a water bed. Any bed's a water bed if you, if you try hard enough. enough. <laughs> you hear that, Conjuring Three? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say if you if you're doing it right. Yeah, with the hose, but you don't want to waste that water. We're in a drought. I don't call them hose. <laughs> <laughs> I call them automated sprinkler systems. <laughs> I flip the switch. They turn on the waterworks. I wish it was that easy. Todd Page, I'd like you to meet irrigation. <laughs> so some of Blair's character Jane is not having a great time because no one wants to talk to her. And they're like, there's plenty of dudes here. And they like sweeping gesture like Lion King. Like every dick the disco ball touches could be yours. <laughs> <laughs> At which point, Courtney, Christina, Christina Applegate. This is going to get confusing because their names are so. Anyway, Courtney. Well, of course, Christina Applegate's name is Courtney. But Cameron Diaz's character's name is Christina. Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's infuriating. Oh. Stop it. Yeah. I didn't learn their names. <laughs> That's OK. They don't learn leather coat guy's name, which is who they see at the bar, who was actually married to Christina Applegate at the time. That was her <laughs> husband at the time. Really? Uh, Jonathan Sachek. He's also in one of my favorite movies of all time. That thing you do um wow. and he okay. has like three lines in this movie where she's like what's up with you nothing what's up with you nothing and they just continue that cycle until their tongues are in each other's faces what you mean is he has one line in this movie he says four times yeah 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 that's okay thomas jane only has like four lines in this movie and he's aka <laughs> the main character yeah. like what well i mean he's the male lead i wouldn't say he's the main character yeah yeah no yeah but so anyway Jane is like, I want to go home. And Cameron Diaz is like, no, I'll find someone for you. And just grabs Thomas Jane's ass, which, by the way, is harassment. Is sexual assault. Yeah. You can't just go grab ass in, even if it is the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's the Punisher, but you can't just go <laughs> grabbing it. So she does it to get his attention and tries to introduce him to Jane. And he's just like, hold on. You grabbed me without asking me. Yeah. <laughs> you groped me. And this is not a subway. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he does eventually give her his foot long, though. Yeah, eventually. 
but not on screen. No, nope. wait, do they even kiss? I guess they do kiss on screen. They kiss. Yeah. They oh, kiss, yeah, and they she, she says he's a bad kisser. Oh, yeah, that's so like, funny. Huh, huh, he pulls huh. a Todd. <laughs> well, that's just hurtful. <laughs> You've admitted it on the show. I haven't admitted that I'm a bad kisser. I have admitted that Natalie told me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't exactly say that. She said it's interesting, which what do to you me think equals interesting bad. means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So while she and Thomas Jane are arguing, Selma Blair sees a dude from across the club who's just like, hey, you're cute. And so she pieces out. Yeah. Immediately. And they don't notice because they're so into each other already. Oh, chemistry. The chemistry of grabbing a bud and spilling a drink on somebody. Back in the early 2000s when sexual assault could be a meat cute. Oh. (laughs) It was more of a meat, M-E-A- Oh, yeah. cute because she was grabbing that them, butt meat them ham hocks we <laughs> cut back to leather coat guy and courtney for a second which they're still stuck in the like what's up with you what's up with you todd you can answer this for me okay how hot is it in a club when you wear a leather coat oh shit mikey I can answer that for you. Uh, it is very hot. That guy's not even sweating. I would be sweating. Like, I, ugh. Yeah. That should be my new workout plan is just go to clubs dressed in like layers like Todd. Oh, and Mikey. Just sweat it all out. At our age, we should never go to clubs. Like, don't, let's not do <laughs> yeah. that. Go there, drink, crap the booze out, and we'll be ready to go. <laughs> I won't even drink. I'll just be like, Dancing, I'll be like, I'm here to lose weight. Just doing Zumba moves. <laughs> this is the cover's cheaper than a class at the gym. <laughs> Just sweat pouring off at me on my leather it coat. It is aggressively not cheaper in Los Angeles. Anyway, that's why we don't go to clubs. Yeah. And our clubs are like Broadway clubs, Mikey. That sounds terrible to me. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't know what you mean by Broadway. I, I am assuming it's all theater children's. Uh, let's just say Kid Rock owns a club on Broadway. It's like the honky Oh, we have to places. go. <laughs> no. Paige, this is not a made up story from that bar. Someone took off their colostomy bag, swung it around, and got shit all over most of the patrons there that happened at kid rocks bar here in nashville like two months ago here's a real story about a bar near my house drake bell of nickelodeon fame showed up and said he was gonna buy everyone drinks and then left after they already <laughs> had their drinks and everyone had to pay for their own drinks i'd rather have someone lie about buying me a drink than shit thrown on me oh absolutely so i yeah. think nashville bars are worse uh, justin timberley just opened his bar up at broadway Okay. What's it called? It's called Please Forget That I Was Also Complicit in Britney Spears' Conservatorship. Yes, but the cocktails are fire. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird name. Subtitled Janet Jackson's wardrobe mistake was really my fault, but the media focused on the victim of it. Yeah, exactly. So we cut to the bathroom at this establishment. No colostomy bags in sight. (laughs) But this movie is like being thrown shit on you. Yeah. Shit being thrown on you? Yeah, whatever. I can't talk. Regardless, Cameron Diaz and Christina Applegate are staring into the mirror as they're kind of talking to each other about what their next moves are. And literally a girl is just eye feasting on Christina Applegate's boobs. And she just turns around and is like, they're fakes. And then continues her conversation with Cameron Diaz, which their conversations are plentiful and meaningless. Um, But in this one, she's like, I think you're kind of into that guy whose butt you grabbed. That is the thrust of the scene. But the comedy, Paige, if I dare say to say it's comedy, is that the women of this bathroom start molesting Applegate's boobs. Yeah. Because she's like, they're fake. You want to feel them? Here, feel them. And then it's like four women are like 
molesting her while she's having this conversation. It's you know, so strange. Comedy. But it seems like this that made me think I was like a teenage boy wrote this. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's why when I saw it was a woman, I was like, what the? Really? Here's the thing. Have I had other women come up to me in the bathroom and ask to feel my boobs? Yes. Did they think they were fake? Also, yes. Has it happened since I stopped drinking? No. No, it is not. <laughs> Mikey, like, has anyone ever come up to you in, in the bathroom and been like, hey, can I grab your junk? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> was- it was a, uh, it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a highway rest stop. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> your stance is a little too wide, Mikey. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I went to this bathroom stall and it had a puppy in it. Oh. Like a real one? No, he means no, like the, the glory hole the later in this movie, but nobody knows about that because people are definitely not going to watch this movie. I hope not. I hope they don't. So they're they're cupping all of the meats and, or sweater yams. Yeah. And they decide to leave the bathroom. And there are guys outside the door trying to catch glimpses of other women feeling her boobs. Yeah. Well, this is before high-speed internet. Yeah. No, you're right. But still, she knocks over the guys at the door and runs right into Peter and messes up his drink, so she has to buy him a new drink. But again, it's like they keep just kind of running into each other at this club and nothing much happens and they talk, but there's not a lot of chemistry. And so at a certain point, you're just like, what am I watching and why? Why? Why am I sitting here? A hundred percent. And why is she so into this guy she talked to for 20 minutes at most? Not like movie time, but like in the real world, like two minutes of arguing. Yeah, it was just an argument. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's how you know you're in love with somebody. They clearly hate you. Oh, if I, if every woman I argued with fell in love with me, I would be living a much different life right now. <laughs> I would have found a way to monetize it. It would have been great. Um, but essentially, they, they finally stop arguing for just a second, but he's still going to go back to his friends. And so they're going to they're going to part ways. She sees Christina Applegate making out with coat guy and she sees jane making out with that other guy so now it's basically just the two of them so they're kind of talking and laughing about it when jason bateman runs in and is like i got the freddie mercury suite which is not a real thing by the way (laughs) i did look it up oh my god okay awesome but there is not a freddie mercury suite at the four seasons in san francisco that i know of or at least if there was it does not exist any longer but the party kind of travels away from her and he's like, hey, you can come. It's because he's getting married this Saturday in Somerset, which is like three hours north. So wait, does he invite Christina Applegate to his own wedding? As a joke, yes. Like, which is why the flip later in this movie makes no sense. That is bonkers. Because he actively tells her it's his brother's wedding. It's this weekend and he kind of was like yeah you should come he tells him it's his bro- i thought i thought no one said which one was getting married and i was like oh it's a misunderstanding no i think he says it's jason bateman's he does oh so he's like a dick yeah yeah well and and he's jokingly like you should come haha <laughs> bye i thought he was talking about come to the freddie mercury suite i i think he he is but then he gives a lot of details on a wedding that she is not invited to and doesn't care about or wouldn't or shouldn't care about, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and it's his wedding. Yeah. Why would he? Oh, I, I don't know. This whole thing's bad. I mean, he is a engaged, about-to-be-married man flirting with Cameron Diaz at a bar. Yeah. And, like, inviting her back to a party. And a hotel room. Yeah. That's the sweetest thing. Oh, God. <laughs> and later, when she calls him on it, was like, oh, you want one last fling before your wedding? And he was like, no, because that didn't happen. And I'm like, but it would have. But like, you invited that. You invited her. So, yeah. like, if she had gone, that absolutely would have happened. 
So I just, I just feel bad for Parker Posey, man. I do, except I think she's getting the better end of the deal. Same. She's not going to be involved with any of these people at the end of this movie. Exactly. Yeah. So we cut back to Cameron Diaz has gone home. She didn't go to the party and she's just kind of laying on her couch and she gets a couple calls from Christina Applegate. Who did go to the party. Who did go to that party. Yeah. Yeah. And is just like, you were too much of a loser to hook up with that guy. Bye. And eventually she hangs up. And at this point, the movie is clocking in at almost 20 minutes and nothing has happened <laughs> Selma Blair has been broken up with off screen yep and then she has talked to Thomas Jane for two minutes that is it yep that is nothing else important has happened in 20 minutes and this movie's not even 90 minutes long so it's a fourth of the movie has occurred and none of the story has occurred <laughs> it's real weird so she it's terrible yeah she goes to fall asleep on the couch and she has like a sex stream where he's going down on her uh, yeah repeatedly yeah. I will say that the ice cream sundaes do look very good in this scene. They do. And I did think that was actually pretty funny. I like the, I, t- I had them take all the calories out of it for you. Yeah, exactly. That's where I was like, if you didn't know it was a dream sequence before, you do now. But he also pops up at one point and is like, you don't need to reciprocate. I don't like oral sex. Men just don't. It was a false rumor started in the 50s. Right. And she's like, I need to tell all my friends. <laughs> Such a <laughs> weird, weird dream. Yeah. But as as he is cuddling her linguists, the door <laughs> opens and it's room service with ice cream where they removed all the calories for you and he had promised to go down to her on every hour on the hour and is like i can't wait till then can i do it again now and then she wakes up on the couch yeah uh which makes it even crazier later when she was like you're better in my dream and i'm like that dream was bonkers <laughs> like if you're gonna compare any reality that this is that dream i got news for you <laughs> i mean like, nothing's gonna live up to calorie free sundays Right. Oral sex on the hour every hour. Like nothing is. Yeah. You're not the Duchess of Hastings, okay? Like <laughs> can't expect that kind of treatment. So she wakes up on the couch. She calls the hotel to try and get a hold of him, but he's already checked out. Yes. So she hangs up. Courtney calls. And we cut to them meeting up in Chinatown, where she's clearly telling Jane about the dream that she had. But Jane, as they're about to go to lunch, is like, I'm going to go drop something off of the dry cleaners. I will meet you there. And they see in her bag that it's the dress she was wearing the night before. And they take it out and it has an enormous jizz stain on it. Yeah. Like so much yeah i mean to use a joke from the era it was like monica Lewinsky's dress dude even monica's didn't have that much holy shit yeah it's like it could fill up a whole otter pop sleeve <laughs> <laughs> otter pops are like push pops or icy pops for those of you who don't live in la yeah well for yeah for those of you who didn't see workaholics where they talked about preying so much it would fill up an otter pop sleeve there you go <laughs> but they they take it from her and they play keep away so like a Aggressively, everyone's hands are all over this jizz stain. Well, oh, and someone's gonna lick it here in a second, Paige. Oh, that's so I fucking gross. Hated this scene. Yeah. Anyway, she gets it back. She heads to the dry cleaner. She runs in and she tries to just like fill it out and leave it on the counter before anyone notices her. Yes. But the guy who owns the dry cleaner pops up and is just like, "What you got for me? Any stains? What's this?" And when he holds it up, you kind of see the like the full stain and you're just like was it in a picture like (laughs) it is a lot 
But, you know, I mean, you don't know. He might have been storing it up for a while. It's a lot. I'm thinking it must have been multiples. And she was just like, we already did it once. Just I'm keeping the dress on. Like, I like I don't know what was happening. <laughs> Maybe she's got body issues. I get it. It happens. Yeah. She's like, come on my dress over and over. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's really specific. <laughs> like the end of the room where he was just literally jerking off with the dress. Oh, God. That's such a great reference. But, yeah, I don't remember Brie Larson doing that. No, that's a different room, Mikey. That one's just called room. <laughs> to clarify... Because there was a discussion in the Facebook group. The Brie Larson one is just called Room. That's the sad one with Egg Snake. The Room is Tommy Wiseau, his magnum opus uh, with his weird flexi butt. Humping a belly button. Humping a belly button. And oh, hi, Mark. Uh, So like those are the differences. By the way, The Room is a romantic comedy. (laughs) Holy shit. That means we're going to have to do it at some point. You know what? Anytime, any place, the next time it's streaming. You know, fun fact, Paige, I've never seen Mm. The Room. I've (gasps) only seen The Disaster Artist. I've never seen it either. Have you ever watched like one of the like supercut of like some of the clips and stuff from it? Of course, it? yes, of course. Okay, yeah. because the disaster artist actually does a pretty good job. It does, I would say. Yeah, I saw a uh, like side by side comparison of the disaster artist and the room. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But you gotta see the original. It's so even the disaster artist does not contain the level of madness that happens in the room, <laughs> like where a man comes in and just literally says his lines as fast as he can get through them so it's just in like i'd like a dozen red roses please oh hi johnny i didn't know it was you hi oh you're my favorite customer hi doggy bye that's a scene that is a scene i just did everyone's lines (laughs) like that and the time when the mom comes back and she's like i just got the tests i'm dying it's official (laughs) i have breast cancer (laughs) which shouldn't be funny because you know what? It still can't. It's uh, just the way she talks about it. Anyway, so the dry cleaner is like, this is a lot of stain. And she's like, oh, I think I spilled soda on myself. And he's like, it's clearly not soda. And as he's trying to figure it out, a school field trip comes into the dry cleaners, which would never happen. You know, because that's where you learn about cleanliness or whatever the fuck. Like, and then her right. pastor or father walks in like. Well, the, her third grade teacher is the one leading oh, the field right. trip. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And then a local pastor comes in. And then as all that's happening, the guy, the dry cleaners tastes the stain. Yeah. That's how you create a healthy immune system. <laughs> You hear that, ladies? He's going to catch something yeah. that way. Don't lick random jizz stains. Like, I don't I don't think I should have to tell people that. Why would you ever lick any stain off a dress? Like, even if it was like ketchup, like a ketchup stain, that could be blood. Like, you don't want to lick anything that has spilled on anything. Yeah. Just clean it up. Do your job. Also, why would you take a jizz stain dress to, like, a friend of the family dry cleaner? I, I mean, I, I feel like that's just... That is her dry cleaner, and that's the one she knows about. Yeah, it's hard to find a good dry cleaner. I would just say it's cake icing. Just say it's cake icing. No, because then people would want to taste it, Mikey. That's the trick. (laughs) (laughs) Mikey has some very strange fetishes. I think if I were in her position... I would say it was maple syrup. Like something that's the same consistency, give or take. I love that we're having this conversation. Can we just <laughs> go to the next scene? No. <laughs> or ice cream, like melted ice cream. Melted ice cream, I think, works better. Yeah, it's like Rocky Road. Milkshake. Mm, 
Yeah, milkshake, milkshake, something something that would leave that kind of a stain. Glue? (laughs) Glue, yeah. I was drinking a bunch of glue, spilled it down my front. Anyway. I'll just work in the glue bottle and it just got all over me. I was trying to shake it loose and it just shot all over my face and got on my dress. (laughs) Yeah. So we cut to the Chinese restaurant where they're eating and... Essentially, Cameron Diaz is like, yeah, I'm still kind of like hung up on that guy from the other night. And I tried to call the hotel, but he wasn't there. So it's a missed connection. And so she's clearly obsessing over it, though. And they kind of, as they talk through it, are like, well, what could we do to remedy the situation? They're like, we could show up at that wedding. Yeah. And that kind of becomes their pro, like their plan. Goal. Yeah. 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 As Jane arrives being like, I've just watched my dry cleaner lick semen off a dress (laughs) and now i just have to go on with my day that is all i would be talking about the rest of the day if that happened absolutely i'd be like mikey you you, you'll never believe what i got someone to do (laughs) (laughs) so they kind of grill her about the guy who's responsible for the the, the stain. dress stain. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it was like averages girth. And they're like, but what did you tell him? And this is this starts them screaming and moaning in the middle of this restaurant about, oh, my God, your penis is so big. And they're like pretending their glasses are penises. They're all yelling about it. They're disturbing the diners around them, except for one guy who whips out a keyboard in the middle of the restaurant and starts playing Right Said Fred's I'm Too Sexy, which they then sing a dick song to. I hated this. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That wasn't in the version that I saw. What? What? Yeah. Where did you guys watch it? Netflix. Netflix. I watched it on HBO. It did not have that scene. I have an explanation for this, Todd. It's two different cuts because the scene that Mikey and I saw was cut from the US version. Oh, God. I watched a longer version. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it called The Penis Song? Yes. Okay, let's watch it. Oh, God. Again? Okay, fine. Yes, sure. I've read a lot of books, but I don't have the words to express how much I disliked this whole experience. But we got to watch it so Todd can know. So if you want to see this, go to the Romance in the Pod Facebook group. I'll post it there. Oh, wow. That was terrible. Yeah. But yeah, so some some choice phrases from this song. Your penis is a Cadillac. Your penis or no, our, my body is a movie and your penis is the star, which is like the most offensive thing anyone could ever <laughs> fucking say. So you said while we were recording that video that the actresses wrote that song. Yeah, I'll get into it in fun facts. Okay, okay. It, Let's it talk does about get it then. cut from a number of versions, which is why you didn't see it. Thank God I didn't see it. I would never watch this movie again if I saw that. I am so pissed <laughs> that it was not in the version you saw. Anyway, we cut to a driving range where Jason Bateman and Thomas Jane are playing golf. And their grandfather. And their grandfather. Yes. And they keep hitting balls at the guy in the ball collector cart, which is very, very funny to me. But even in this scene... They're speaking as if it's Jason Bateman that's still getting married. Yeah, they are. And they're not having to fool anybody. It's just the audience. No, exactly. That's why I don't... Like, this movie's terribly written. Yeah. And I do think the best acting of the movie is in this scene because you've got two, like, great actors. Like, Thomas Jane, Jason Bateman are amazing. But they are far outshined by the guy in that ball catcher. (laughs) 
<laughs> he is losing his mind, and I believe it. I am not an animal. <laughs> he was amazing. He was the best part of this movie. I, I think one of my favorite parts of this movie is that Jason Bateman is clearly playing the same role that he played in Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah. in like, it's the same character, yeah. just like those, the, these movies share a universe. And Cotton needs new shorts. And like, <laughs> and also Jason Bateman shouldn't have a beard. No, it's a bad look. When I saw him, I was like, really? He could find a woman to marry him? But no, he couldn't. That's, that's why it was Thomas Jane's marriage. Yep. Anyway, they have a golf club lightsaber fight. Which I did buy. Like, brothers would do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't buy that grand, their grandfather would be so aggressively aggro about not missing their grandmother, which is yeah. like... My grandpa was like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's rough. I'm starting to understand a lot of your specific issues. Yeah. We cut to Cameron Diaz's apartment. Where we hear, by the way, the soundtrack of this movie, 10 out of 10. Movie of this movie, 1 out of... No, because technically the penis yeah. song is on the soundtrack, so it is a 1 no! out of 10. <laughs> because in this scene, as we like open up in Cameron Diaz's apartment, as Christina Applegate's trying to wake her up, is Ben Folds. Yeah. And it's like 90s Ben Folds. Like, yeah, like it's oh. good shit. Yeah. Well, and in the club scene, they're playing uh, Jamiroquai Little L, which is one of my favorite yeah. songs of theirs. Yeah, it's great. And then later, they play Ursh. Yeah, they do. Well, the 90s had just great music. Yeah. It did have good music. Pick it up, 2020s. Anyway, she wakes Cameron Diaz up because she's like, no, we're going to that wedding. Like, let's go. Get ready. And as they're doing that, Selma Blair comes out of the next bedroom as if she, like, asking for Tylenol as if she has, like, sprained her vajingo. Vajingo <laughs> unchained. <laughs> her, her vulva yeah but she is holding herself like she's been destroyed yeah like like that penis was a foot and it kicked her in the crotch <laughs> not a foot long but like an actual foot yeah with like a soccer cleat on Just like, oh she got toe pinched <laughs> she got toe picked <laughs> no i mean if, if it was mikey that was her boyfriend it would have been just his toes pinching her well her body is a movie and my toes are the star. <laughs> Ooh, it's about to get digital. Sorry. Digit. Digital, digital, get down. Just you and me. No other NSYNC fans? I don't know what you're saying. Never heard of them. I'm okay, sorry, cool. who? <laughs> yeah, in what, what band? Who is this? Who is this? I am Strictly O-Town. <laughs> <laughs> okay so in this scene this is also where she has that theory of 50 percent of what people say when they're joking is true which i it triggered me <laughs> i know that's why i brought it up are you are you triggered because that's not true mikey or because it's true i can't tell because you're making a joke about it it's not true it's not true <laughs> i don't give a no, shit I about gettysburg <laughs> i think there are some jokes that are rooted in truth but not all jokes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not all jokes, no. So anyway, they get in her car. They're driving three hours north to this wedding, and they smell something gross in the car. And what they find is like a foil takeout swan full of maggots, which is disgusting. Yes, which just tells you that th not only are they garbage personality-wise, they're also just garbage people in general. <laughs> they're, yeah, or at least Christina Applegate's character, because it is in her car, right? Well, okay, so here's what I can't figure out, because when I watched it, I thought they threw the foil swan out, and then happenstance, an actual bird hit their car. No, it's the same one. No, it is the foil swan, but yeah. that physics, though. That physics does not 
not work. Correct. No, it does not work. I will tell you, in college, I did pull a slight prank on a girl I knew. Hello, Heather. She listens to the show. <laughs> she drove a Ford Ranger with like a toolbox. What was her license plate number? I don't remember that. It was green. It was green, though, I think. Okay. And then I had bought... A whole chicken, but it had gone bad. Oh, I hate this already. And so I put it in the bed of her truck as like a joke. Oh. I was like 20. This is a long time ago. 22? Between there. Anyway, when she was driving home, it rolled under the toolbox. Oh, God. And I forever forgot unclean. about it. I forgot about it. Like a month later, she was like, there's something wrong with my car. <laughs> I'm sure she did think that, yeah. And she's like, there's a smell in my car. And I was like, what? That's weird. And she, I was like, you got the old chicken I put in the bed of your truck out, right? Like, I put there as a joke. And she's like, what are you talking about? Oh, It was hilarious. Did she hate you forever? No, we're still friends to this day. <laughs> Heather, you are too nice. You can do better. She listens to this podcast. That's how good of friends we are. Maybe she should leave a review and reference how she really feels about that chicken story. I laughed for a long time about that. <laughs> it made it longer than a month. It was so long that I had forgotten I had done it. Anyway, so they stop at a truck stop to clean off the car and then go to the bathroom. And at this point in the film, they spent conservatively one third of the movie in public bathrooms. Yeah, yep, they do. That checks out. But the women's bathroom is occupado, and so they decide to go in the men's room. Yes. So Christina Applegate's peeing in a urinal, and this is where Cameron Diaz discovers a glory hole, but is a grown woman who doesn't know what a glory hole is. Which, that was surprising to me. Like, I feel like yeah. glory holes are so, like, prevalent in pop culture that everyone knows what they are, right? But also, like, are they staffed 24-7? Because this is, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I like how in your in this world, glory holes have an employee base and there's a <laughs> schedule. I think it's more of a gig economy where yeah. if there's a, there's a dick in the area. Yeah. But that is a Candyman glory hole because it's in a wall. Yeah. It's not from stall to stall like they normally are. You heard it here, folks. Todd. The glory hole expert yeah. here on the podcast. I have seen so many of them throughout my life. I'm sure you have. <laughs> I know you think that's funny, but like I'm an adult man who has been in adult restrooms. Like yeah. I've seen glory holes, Mikey. I have been in plenty of restrooms. I have not seen that many glory holes. I've seen like, maybe two. Oh, you did not play the clubs I played growing up, Mikey. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I've, I've seen my fair share. Uh, but Oh, I'm sure they're <laughs> prevalent in uh, comedy clubs too. Yeah, absolutely. I would say the scariest one was when Todd saw that glory hole and a hard candy just flew out of it. <laughs> like, uh, honestly, that would be scary, though, if you're like going to the bathroom, like sitting down, taking a poop and the candy gets pushed through the glory hole and lands at your feet. <laughs> that is equally terrifying. No, it would just be me on the other side pooping and be like, I've got an extra Werther's original. <laughs> Do you want some? <laughs> Ooh, a hole we can tell secrets through. I've never seen a glory hole, but I have seen a lot of secret holes. Get close <laughs> enough that you can whisper into this glory hole nope. and then see what comes back at you, Mikey. Also, who looks... <laughs> Let's take the concept of glory holes out. <laughs> like, let's pretend they don't exist. Yeah. Who would actually, like, go up to, like, a hole into the unknown and in any wall and be like, what's in there? Because spiders and stuff. Spiders! Yes, yeah, Mikey, exactly. yes! Absolutely. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. I wouldn't even want to sit on that toilet because the hole would be at my back and then the spider could crawl out and be on my back. So, like, if <laughs> I went into that stall and <sighs> saw that hole, I'm fucking out, man. I am Audi 5000. Yeah. But it's okay because Christina Applegate's about to ruin 
in the plumbing of this building. That has to have been the plumber working on those pipes. And he saw, yeah, oh, there's a woman in his glory hole. And he stuck his dick into Cameron Diaz's eye. Yeah. Uh, but so as that's happening, Christina yeah. Applegate tries to flush the urinal. It explodes. Oh, it basically bathes them in a wave of piss. And she thinks it's hilarious. Well, it's not piss. It's water. It would have smelled a lot like piss. Don. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah. Water or not, there was some piss in there. <laughs> That is non-potable water. That's fair. Uh, so we cut to them outside, and Cameron Diaz is literally pouring saline into yeah. her eye directly. She's trying to clean that dick out of it. Trying to clean that dick out of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I get it. Meanwhile, we cut back to Jane, who is at work, who works in, like, high-end retail, and a person in an elephant mascot costume shows up, and it's apparently our girthy dicked fellow. Yes. Who who injured her bajingo earlier that day. But his job is uh, to dress as an elephant at a children's hospital? Yes. That's not his job. I think he was volunteering. I think he was volunteering, giving free trunk rides. <laughs> He's about to give Selma Blair a free trunk ride. I think we all know he's just a furry. <laughs> yeah and he's just easing her into it yeah. yeah exactly and he's like someday we'll get her a fursuit and then it'll be one happy for family he's like, give it to me good an elephant never forgets <laughs> about 9-11 let's talk about it 9-11 was the year before this came out guys so he definitely hadn't forgotten at that point. <laughs> what I'm saying is they were probably filming it when it happened. And he was like, I'll always remember this day. <laughs> He was in the elephant suit like, oh, I'll never forget this. This is a historical <laughs> event that will never be irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we already get one negative review about 9-11 jokes page? Can we? They did. <laughs> I didn't make the joke that got them triggered, so it's fine. I Whatever. Robert Patterson made the joke. Patterson! Patterson God damn son it! Of a bitch! You legit can't remember his name in a movie about 9-11. And you never forget, Mikey. Never forget. <sighs> Team Jacob. Anyway, let's go. So Jane's at her job, getting that free trunk ride. Uh, meanwhile, we cut back to Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz changing. and They're really just taking their clothes off because they're wet. Yeah. By the car. By the car. And they reveal that, A, Cameron Diaz hasn't done laundry in so long that she's wearing granny panties, but also a bikini top. Like, not a bra, a bikini. Yes. And that Kristen, <sighs> Christine Applegate hasn't done laundry in so long. She's wearing men's boxers. Like these people, they need to like really work on their self-care. Like yeah. really? like Yes. Yes. They have food that's been in their car for months. They yeah. don't have laundry. Like they need to clean up their lives. Like I don't know how better to say that. Like they are dirty people. Okay. If you added in drugs or alcohol, this is pretty much a movie about addiction. <laughs> uh, Mikey, there is alcohol in this film. Yeah. So they start singing the Pina Colada song for no good reason, and they sing almost the whole damn song. We cut over to Jane, who's having sex with that elephant at work, and her boss has showed up. He's back and hella racist for some reason. Oh, yeah, like for no reason. Wait, he said a racial thing? Yes, he's, he's like, I'm gone 
on for two seconds and it's Indonesia in here. And I'm like, first of all, what did Indonesia uh, ever do to you? Yeah. Secondly, that doesn't even make sense as a joke or a comment or anything. It was so terrible. I didn't even take it as racist because I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you were like, what was going on in Indonesia in 2002? Like, was there like, was there like a coup or something? And he was thinking that she wasn't doing what he was supposed to? No idea. But her co-worker runs upstairs to warn her and she kind of falls out of the fitting room where they were having trunk sex yeah where she was getting trunked she was getting trunked well no i think you mean where he was getting done with her three rings circus <laughs> it's a nuva ring circus um her co-worker is like hey the boss is here and he's p-i-s-e-d and she's like pice <laughs> so dumb so she comes downstairs her boss is there as her boss is yelling at her her friends call yes and behind her boss the elephant falls down the stairs and over the banister no one hears it or notices it. it's insane that no one notices it because it's so loud yeah it's definitely the elephant in the room <laughs> i had that written down to make that joke too I'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> that was gonna be my mikey joke for this movie and you stole it from me i do love that when i attempted to write a mikey joke I just wrote Mikey's joke. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't more elaborate, like let's address the elephant in the room. Hey big dick fool. Like this is <laughs> No, it's gotta be a Mikey joke. Like the 60 herbs and spices and KFC chicken. It's 60. <laughs> 60. <laughs> I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of how spicy that would be. Because Mikey's at a certain point, at 60 spices, you'd have to start including spices that don't even make sense. Or you'd be like, is there oregano in this? <laughs> What's happening? Oh, is that cumin? <laughs> is this real, authentic licorice? And that's how Mikey jokes are classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh god anyway we cut back to the girls on the road trip and their hair is still definitely gonna smell like piss but they're trying to like do their makeup and stuff in the car and christina applegate accidentally drops her lip gloss so cameron diaz bends over to get it and as she does a biker drives up next to them and it definitely appears as if cameron diaz is copulating orally with christina applegate what are you a scientist yes it looks like she's going <laughs> down on christina applegate yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. the biker who looks a little like thomas jane it's not i'm sure but it looks it's a not, little bit like him uh, like old thomas jane yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh like frosted tips thomas jane. <laughs> no 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 yeah. but like he is biting at the window. Like, yeah. I've never seen anyone in my life that was turned on by something do anything that he does. Yeah, he he is reacting as if this is a Tex Avery cartoon. Absolutely. Like, oh, God, his eyes popping yeah, yeah, out of yeah. his head <laughs> and his tongue unrolling. <laughs> and like, yeah, that is exactly how he is reacting. On his Acme motorcycle. Bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mikey. And then it's like bridge out. Like, it is yeah. literally a Roadrunner cartoon, just a porno. So they finally arrive in the city where the wedding is and they get out of the car, cover themselves in maps and walk into a clothing store. Yes. Which is the poster for this movie. But Selma Blair's in it, too. But like that is the poster. Them covered in maps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Ugh. in this scene, somehow Christine, Christina Applegate has managed to recurl and style her hair. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how either of them manage that, but they do. Movie magic. Movie magic. And the store is clearly for what I would call elderly 
like older ladies. It's not fashionable. Well, and they sort of make that joke too. Yeah. Yeah. The next dress dress store is 20 miles away. And so the lady who owns the store is like, if you are going to the wedding, I dressed half the guests. So like, we'll find something for you. Right. We get a like two minute scene of Cameron Diaz comparing about her, like complaining about her boobs sagging in the mirror, even though she's only 28 and they look aggressively fine. Yeah, they do. And then Christina Applegate comes in to like flap her arm fat, which again is almost non-existent. Right. Then we have a weird montage of them trying on clothes, but they're like movie costumes. I hated this part. Yeah, so it's like much. a three minute montage that is just for the audience. And the audience does not want this. No. Like, she, Cameron Diaz dresses like Madonna, and then- I did not consent to this montage. (laughs) And then Christina Applegate is, like, pretty woman, and, like, laughing like a psychopath. It's very strange. And then she disappears and reappears for some reason? Yes, because Cameron Diaz is, like, a witch, but also dressed like Madonna. It's um, it's insane. And they redo a bunch of this montage for the, like, post-credits. Yes. As if we needed to see it twice. Well, I think it's just, like, outtakes from that montage, but yeah. Yeah, and at this point, we are 50 minutes into the movie. Oh, my God. A movie that is not even 90 minutes long, and nothing has happened. Because literally, all that has happened is Selma Blair is broken up with, Jizz on the dress, she meets Peter, they decide to go to the wedding. Yep, High jinks and suit. Yep. So they both end up in some very strange outfits, but they look passable enough. As long as they take the hats off, like Mikey said earlier. Yeah. So they walk out of the store and at first Cameron Diaz is like we can't do this we got to go home and Christina Applegate's like yeah okay let's go home and I was like what especially because they (laughs) she sits down on a bench that has Peter's face on it yeah so now she like knows his phone number because it would be on that ad yeah or at least his office number I mean she could get in touch with him easily yeah and so at this point I was like yeah maybe you should go home because this seems like a fucked plan but no they go to the church they sneak into the wedding yeah Cameron Diaz sneaks back out to go to the bathroom and runs into Parker Posey, who is the bride, having a panic attack. Like you do on your wedding day. I did not. I ate a tri-tip sandwich. And so... (laughs) I mean, I've been married. I didn't have a panic attack on my wedding day. Yeah. And it didn't work out. (laughs) I should have. You should have tried eating a tri-tip sandwich. That would not have fixed the marriage page. Everything is better with a tri-tip sandwich. Oh, I'm not saying I wouldn't have enjoyed one. I'm just saying it wasn't required. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you if your first dance would have been to the penis song, I think it would have been better. <laughs> what was your first dance to? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe you married that wrong person. <laughs> yeah, Mikey, I had that thought a year after I got married. Oh, that's so sad. In the inside. <laughs> well, cut that out. That's not funny at all. And let, I'll keep it in because it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> and just think, like a year after that, she met a nice mannequin that made her feel all better. Oh, my God. Mikey, the mannequin girl Is literally was like girl. 10 years after the marriage. I don't fucking care. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, for, I keep forgetting that we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so back to this movie. So Todd's divorce story is more funny. <laughs> than this movie? Yeah. I mean, anything is more funny than this movie. <laughs> Swinging a colostomy bag around a room oh, is more man. funny than this movie. <laughs> so she kind of calms Parker Posey down and 
she's gonna go out and and get married but my favorite is as she leaves she just turns to Cameron Diaz and is like get off my dress because she's like standing <laughs> on the train I love Parker Posey she's in a lot of stuff and she's always a value add man she's always great yeah so Cameron Diaz comes out of the bathroom but she's trapped in the bride's room because the doorknob falls off and Cameron Diaz can't figure out doorknobs apparently so meanwhile Christina Applegate is waiting for her and there's a kid that won't stop staring at her so she's trying to distract him and my favorite is at one point she just goes, oh, look, it's Jesus <laughs> to get the kids to turn around, which is pretty fun. But also in the groom's room, Peter's getting ready and he and Jason Bateman are slapping each other to get ready. But it's still portrayed as if it's Jason ba- Bateman's wedding at this point. Yeah, yeah, it does look that way. Yeah. Cameron Diaz climbs out the window. She and Christina Applegate meet back up. They're going to climb back into the ceremony, but they have to go through like the front. Yeah. And it's locked because you lock the front door during a wedding. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. So anyway, dumb. this is how we find out that it's Peter's wedding and he sees her as they kind of like accidentally knock something over and interrupt the wedding. And then they make a run for it. They're yeah. like, bye. Um, the wedding proceeds as normal, except that both him and Parker Posey seem pretty nervous. And she's breaking out in like a full on rash. Yeah, she's like getting hives or whatever. And they never address it. So I'm like, I don't know if she just had hives that day or if that's supposed to be her nerves. I think it's supposed to be her nerves, but that, that doesn't happen, right? No, that does happen. You can break out in a stress rash. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then that's that's got to be what it is then. Yeah. Um, but they decide to call the wedding off and stay friends. And my favorite is that she's they're like, we're not getting married. And his her dad tackles him. Yeah. And she just says, but we are having a party. So exit to the <laughs> left. I do love how she says that very calmly as her husband's like tackling her ex-fiance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah her, her father. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Her father. Sorry. Yep. So cut briefly to Cameron Diaz driving home home or or her and Christina Applegate driving home and they stop so she can scream which again she has spent like two minutes with this man she doesn't even know if they have a connection this is not a huge loss and the movie treats it like he's her long lost lover these people are not mentally healthy no they're not that is my mental health commentary for this movie yes So uh, we cut back to the reception where we find out that the wedding was like 30 grand and they have to cash in the honeymoon tickets so she can go scuba diving in Bali. Um, And she'd met someone online named Ricky. So it's one of those things where it's supposed to make you feel better about the fact that they broke up. It's fine. They're cheating on each other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's fine. It's fine. Meanwhile, the girls drive home and we cut to Cameron Diaz being like, super sad about it in her apartment and or on the way home and they get to the apartment and the police are there oh i forgot about this it's not just the police page it's the whole town every profession is there every i don't know every ethnicity it was just like i don't know what to describe it as it's weird but what we find out is that selma blair's mouth is stuck on that guy's giant dick because he has a piercing and it's behind her tonsils i did look that up for fun facts we'll talk about it later so okay they can't get it out and so they want her to sing so that it'll vibrate her tonsils so that it'll loosen up so she can take it out which is like not at all no i think if you're looking for medical accuracy in the sweetest thing you're looking at the wrong place page i mean that's true uh but so they end up singing (laughs) don't want to miss a thing from armageddon and they sing the entire song yeah it feels like it at least yeah they do they sing the whole song i hate it they finally pull her off his dick and then one of the guys starts on starts in with leanne rhymes's how do i live without you yeah (laughs) um we cut to three weeks later they're at lunch with an unnamed character as of yet 
swapping stories, we reveal that it's Christina Applegate's new serious boyfriend. Yeah. And then we never see or hear from him again at all. Well, the movie's almost over at this point, believe it or not. Yeah. Even though nothing's happened, it's almost over. Yep. We're, bear with us. We're almost there. Meanwhile, Cameron <laughs> Diaz is reading that love book back in the apartment. <laughs> Uh, yes. Peter is hanging out with his brother just long enough to get an Alestra joke in, which, by the way, Alestra was already like 10 years old joke wise when this movie came out. Oh, so it's an wow. extra old joke now. Oh, wow. So we reveal that he's going to Costa Rica for some reason. And uh, Jason Bateman replies with some super sexist and racist jokes about women in Costa Rica. Oh, yeah. It's not great. Nope. It's it's bad. Meanwhile, the woman in the clothing shop that dressed them for the wedding is putting her mannequins out and a car just like picks one off. That was the second time I laughed in this movie. Same. Because her reaction to that is so genuine and just like lovely. I loved her reaction to it. (laughs) Well, they go over there to help her out and she does the same thing that she did to Christina Applegate and Cameron Diaz, which is gets them to join her mailing list. Yes. And as they're flipping through, Peter sees that they put Christina's address, which by the way is how we have the address for where they live in the movie. Uh, I can't believe that that's the actual address. That's wild. If you if you Google Earth it, it is the actual address. Wow, like it's okay. that same building. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, we cut back to the apartment where Cameron Diaz is like reciting passages from this book. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Like read the 10th commandment and they read the ninth one. And she's like, no, the 10th one or whatever. Yeah, it's it's real stupid. But they decide to go out to the club again, kind of like they did for Jane. Yeah. And she's dancing on the dance floor. And one of the creepy dance dudes comes up and dances with her. And she asks for or he asks to take her out. And she says, oh, give me your card. I'll call you. And this is where we get Ursher. You got it bad. Yeah. A- another hot, hot soundtrack take Love for a song. dog shit Love movie. That song. Yeah. Such a good song. So good. Um, but so she f- basically chases after that guy and gives him her number. Or tries. It's not successful. It's fully not the point of no. the movie either. I was like, no, this is not. what is happening. And then he just is like, God, I was just trying to get laid. Forget it. And it's like, wow, that's a terrible. Re- like, it's all bad. All of this is bad. Yeah, it is. They go home and find Peter asleep on their doorstep. And Jane and Courtney go inside, leaving Cameron Diaz outside to talk to him. At which point he's like, why were you at my wedding? And she was just like, why were you the one getting married? Yeah. (laughs) She doesn't say that, but she should have. She should have. Regardless, she basically just lets him walk away. And then she goes inside and is like, no, I need to be brave. And I'm just like, (laughs) you were just crying about him and he showed up. Why? What? Yeah. So she runs after him. He had bought flowers and was coming back to try and like give it another go. Yeah. And they end up kissing on the sidewalk. And she's like, oh, that was bad. Yeah. But you can try again. <laughs> oh, man. Don, I felt, Don, I felt so seen in this moment. And then she was like, you were better. <laughs> you were better in my dream. And I'm like, that's a crazy thing to say. Also, I don't think he ever once kissed her mouth in the dream. <laughs> so maybe no. she was just like, you know, maybe you should just go down on me. Yeah, I, I don't know. Have you tried my other lips? <laughs> uh, she takes the flowers and it looks like she's going to go inside and leave him. And we cut to his video of him being like, yeah, I know Christina. She made my life a living hell. And then she has a dog puppet over the couch and we reveal that they're together and married. Yes. And they're filming this for something. I don't know. But we do get a close up of that wedding photo where Jason Bateman as his brother is looking at Jane's butt. Yeah. 
in the photo, which is pretty funny. And if you look at it, Jane's head is aggressively photoshopped in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. All right. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, give me some final thoughts about <laughs> the sweetest thing. I hope this movie never darkens my eyeballs again. <laughs> I, I hated this movie. This is so bad. I, yeah. I envy you for having like not having to watch the penis song until we made you watch the penis song. And if you want to watch me watch the penis song, go to the Romance in the Pod Facebook group and you'll see the video. I'll post it. <sighs> I feel like usually when we watch a bad movie, it's like so bad that we can laugh about it. Yeah. But this movie, yeah. this movie is so bad that we couldn't even laugh about it, which is like yeah. a different level of bad. I don't think anyone should watch this movie. I hated it when I saw it, and I wanted why to make did sure. Why you pick it? Wait, why <laughs> did you pick this movie? We got, we didn't talk about this. What? Why? Because I googled the phrase Worst romantic comedies of the early 2000s oh. And it was like number three on that list And I was like Oh I've What's seen that movie one? It was terrible I don't remember I'm not looking at the list right now But I remember I was like This is the worst movie I've ever seen personally In this genre So let's make them watch it This is my remember me Mikey <laughs> no, I don't even want to talk about it I'm not going to defend that This Remember me is way better than this movie Oh it objectively is way better and it is still a terrible movie yes but that's just how bad this movie is do you guys think uh they're still together <laughs> um who cares i hate <laughs> everyone in this movie so much honestly the only person i like is jane because she's got some special skills i <laughs> i think much like the leftovers that they kept for far too long this relationship will go on longer than it should oh yeah and then it's going to splatter across the windshield of their lives yeah <laughs> i like that metaphor so poetic mm -hmm. but Paige, do you have some fun facts for us i do well here it is with your fun facts Deep Penis, throat, fun, fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> so, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, we have her actual apartment building address, and it is that real building from the movie. Yeah. And it currently has no vacancies, but the last apartment's rented for between $3,000 to $6,000 per month, wow. depending on how many bedrooms. Okay. If she was a marketing director and Christina Applegate was a lawyer, I bet if they lived together, they could afford it fine. Yes, exactly. Because from the one sentence about it in the movie, she's a marketing director which in san francisco starts around 120k to 250k yeah so astonishingly uh especially if at least one of them is sharing that apartment they could afford it even at the six thousand dollar mark yeah i couldn't find out if the tonsil thing was true but i did find like a webmd kind of like advice article called can her tonsillitis harm my sex organ and it turns out <laughs> not likely so you're welcome i'm not a doctor you know, definitely see one if you're in that situation. But the doctor on the <laughs> Internet said you're probably fine. I'm so glad that this podcast has made you Google these insane <laughs> things. I love it so much. So the penis song. Yes. The three leading actresses co-wrote the penis song. But the performance was edited out of the final cut in the U.S. But is now back for streaming versions. Mm, great decision. Yeah, additionally, when Jason Bateman makes that offensive joke about Costa Rican women, it had to be changed and removed for the film's release in Costa Rica. Uh, the movie allegedly is based on Nancy Pimental's relationship with her best friend, Kate Walsh. That's all the information I have on that, but God, I hope not. God, that sounds like a terrible friendship. It does. <laughs> a third of the film's budget 
was Cameron Diaz's salary. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And we'll talk about the budget here in a second. Uh, Cameron Diaz was attached to the project from the very, very beginning of development, but the project had to wait on hold while she completed Gangs of New York and then Vanilla Sky before <laughs> making this film. And finally... The purple elephant costume is, in fact, Ella Rue from The Wuzzles, an animated television series. <laughs> and those are your fun facts. Well, thank, thank you for those you. amazing fun facts. Let's talk a little box office. Uh, this movie, The Sweetest Thing, came out in 2002. So what do you think the budget was for it in 2002? God, I bet it was huge, like $27 million. I know what it was, so I can't say anything. Okay, I'm so excited to tell you this. Mikey, it was $43 million. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the number I had was 50. They said it was 50 million. Oh, my God. Yeah, so the number I have is $43 million. Where did that money go? To Cameron Diaz. (laughs) We just talked about that. If you adjust it for inflation, guys, that's $65.3 million for this movie. And as we said earlier, it looks terrible. So I bet they just paid for the talent on the screen and nothing else. They could have sent so many people to school. <laughs> could have fed people. They could have fixed all the pipes in Flint before it became a problem. <laughs> and it would yeah. not have been an issue and just saved us all our time from watching this batshit horrible movie. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about how it did in the theaters, though. So it came out the weekend of April 12th, 2002, and it was number three the weekend it came out. It was oh. beat by Changing Lanes, Panic Room. Of course, The Sweetest Thing was number three. Ice Age was number four. And The Rookie was number five. What do you think it made in its opening weekend? I'm going to say 15. Okay. I'm going to say 18. Okay. Guys, it made $9.4 million. <laughs> so it, it was oh, third. I mean, the best movie only made $17 million. I mean, keep in mind, this is 2002. Yeah. So, like, inflation has gone up a lot since then. I mean, if you adjust for inflation, that's $14 million, $14.3 million. I don't know, but there are movies back then that made a ton of money. I mean, yeah, yeah but they, they were, were great movies, Mikey. It's yeah. true. It's, it's absolutely true. <laughs> All right. So I don't always do this, but I want to do that with this with this movie. So again, it made $9.4 million. The next week, the week of April 19th, it was seventh in the theaters. And I think it's because people had seen it. And they were like, oh, my God, don't see that movie. It's terrible. And it dropped to $5 million at the box office. So it had a pretty significant drop off after that. That checks out. That yeah. checks out real good. Right. As it should check out. Right. Because it did terribly. It was in the theater for six weeks, though. Uh, but it's last week. It only brought in $156,000. <laughs> uh, okay. So what do you think it made in its domestic box office run in 2002? $15 million. <laughs> I, I actually know, so I will have to recuse myself. Okay. So it made $24.4 million. So if you adjust oh. for inflation, that is $37 million. I bet they spent a ton on marketing because they were so sure this was going to be a hit. Yeah. So they did spend a ton on marketing, I'm sure. Uh, the general rule of thumb on marketing is it's, it's, it's as much as the budget for the movie. So if you don't 2x your the budget, you're losing money on a movie typically. That's not always the case. That's a good general rule though, right? But Mikey, this movie did make $38.6 million internationally. So it made a total of $63 million 
at the worldwide box office. And remember, its budget was $43 million. So if you're just looking at budget, no marketing, it did make money. Your face um, is exactly how I feel about it. I hate everything about the sentence, this movie made money. Yes, agree. <laughs> but that is your box office. Cool. So this week, I tortured you all and made you watch the sweetest thing. Mikey, what are you making us watch next week? All right. It's fall now. It is, which is why I'm firmly layered up. I love this movie. I read the book. I love the book. Uh, it's got Rabbit Patterson in it. Pattinson! Pattinson! You dyslexic bastard. And I say that as one. It's Water for Elephants. Oh, no. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> Keep it with the theme of the movies. <laughs> I remember people saying that the, the book was really, really good and that the movie was absolute dog shit. Uh-huh. Oh, great. Uh, it's way better than this movie. And I, I mean, I thought the movie was okay. Okay. The book's really good. <laughs> Your homework this week is to read Water for Elephants and then watch the movie and see if it holds up compared to the book. Yep. Yeah, so Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No, I almost forgot that we did that. I know. It's almost like we never do it every week. So let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast while you look one up. And that is simply to leave us a review. That's all you got to do. And we'll have Mikey read yours too. Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? Oh, we got a bunch of them. We Aww. did. Yeah. I think we're close, if not at 250 right now. 252. Nice. All right, cool. So we got more since last yesterday. Um, Evil Minded 15. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Says winning combination. Nice. This trio couldn't be more perfect. Agree. I have listened to many a podcast that after a while the hosts become a little grating or annoying. I could listen to you guys go on for hours <laughs> and not have a single complaint. Keep it up. Five stars. Oh, well, thank you so much, Evil Minded oh, 15, you. for that amazing five star review. We really appreciate it. It didn't involve me giving anyone cancer, so it's a win in my book. You set the bar pretty low there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mikey, I believe you started that rumor, so you set the bar pretty low there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Still want to see if we can get the Surgeon General to reach out. So if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. I do want to point out that we are ending this recording at two hours and 13 minutes, which is <sighs> aggressively more than the runtime of the movie. But you can cut out 30 minutes and make our own mini Gettysburg episode. <laughs> <laughs> If you want the Gettysburg cut of this episode, <laughs> it doesn't exist. Don't ask me for it. I'm never going to give it out. Taking it to your untimely war-torn grave. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts. Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's, it. it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show oh. SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. 
that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. To completion. Toodle pip. Your body is a movie and my penis is the star. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Girth Brooks. Girth Brooks nerds. Mikey, have you ever had someone hold their pelvis the morning after having sex with them? No, that would involve me spinning the night. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm going to end the podcast there. (laughs) 